Hey guys, welcome back to We Know How to Read of our season, They Know How to Write. My name's Natalie. I'm Megan. I am Isabel. Welcome! Yes, welcome! Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're very excited to have you here on so our author season. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to be here. A little nervous because I hear we're getting to get us questions. Yes. Little there. icebreakers. Little icebreakers. Oh, yes. was that the cat? That was yeah. the cat. Yeah, she <laughs> ran off. <laughs> well, uh, since we are well-seasoned millennials, yes. our first question, like any true millennial will ask, is do you know or have a Hogwarts house? Yes, I am a Ravenclaw. Yes! <laughs> yes, I am a Ravenclaw. Very much so. All right. Team Ravenclaw. Yes. I am, cannot I deny am a Hufflepuff. It. I'm a Hufflepuff. Natalie's are you guys a Ravenclaw. Yes. Yes. Oh, are, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing notes as we go. Yes. No, we keep all the data and yeah. we have like a spreadsheet to like mm-hmm. add all the authors. Because it's everyone, really interesting. Everyone Who's we've interviewed so far is Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So okay. far. So far. I yeah. look better in blue, I think. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very happy. As I wear red, um, right? But, oh, we're all wearing. <laughs> um, but I, I, I do gravitate towards blue naturally, so it makes sense amongst know. other things. Yes, I am a Ravenclaw through and through. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I cannot deny it. I mean, it no. is what it is. Yeah. I yeah. tried to deny it for many years, and then I just accepted my fate one day. <laughs> it was the same day that I accepted the fact that I am a type A personality, not type B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah. all dream of being type B. Yes. However, <laughs> however we are not. However, yeah, it's in our minds. We're like, I'm totally a type B. And then you realize you're not. And it's a hard day for you to realize that you are literally a person. Yes. Rocked my yeah. world. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. no, I had to sit down. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm that I'm... person. <laughs> I literally did not know what to do with myself. Once I got that information, I was like, what? <laughs> it's, 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 it's whew, it took a while. <laughs> it took a while for me to process that. Yeah. So welcome. <laughs> <Fellow Raven Club. laughs> Inside Bay personality. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. Kind of going in the same vein. Yes. Um, what element would you say that you resonate most with? Water, earth, fire, or air? And you could go with like the zodiac elements, normal elements. We tend to think of it as Avatar, the last airbender elements. <laughs> up to you uh, that's a good question I've never even thought about this really um, I have never thought about this I am a cancer but I am the Ooh. least cancer person you will meet um so I do really I mean in terms of things that I love I do love the mountains um okay. and I like the steadiness of them so Ooh. I'm gonna go with earth Ooh, so that's okay. a new one yeah. Who? What does everyone pick? Now I'm concerned. No, I think our last well, interview was yes. Earth as well. Our la- we've had yeah. two Earths, and that's very abnormal. Yes. Most so, are water or fire. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I don't like water. water. Water's yeah. treacherous. Thank it's you. Fair. Thank you. Thank Water's you. treacherous. You can never turn your back I, on water. Okay. I <laughs> resonate with the water. Um, I'm a Taurus, so. Like I'm a Taurus sun, Virgo moon, and a Leo rising. So I've got two earth signs in there. Uh, But watching Avatar of the Last Airbender, I always wanted to be a waterbender. And I love soaking in the water. I like just being in the water. Now, if you want to talk about like deep sea water, no thank you. 
there's no, things there. There's there are things, things there. there. They're very and scary. Not, <laughs> I, I'm so definitely afraid of algae. Um, oh, okay. Yes. It wraps like when it touches <laughs> you and it wraps around your legs when you're swimming. I will jump mm. on anyone. Total stranger. Oh. I will jump on. Oh them. yeah. Mm. Hands down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, I'm not keen on water. <laughs> I am fire. <laughs> ah. I love fire. I it's, uh, it's something pretty and beautiful and like calming about it to me. Okay, fair enough. Um, and in the Avatar: The Last Airbender, firebenders can also bend mm-hmm. lightning, and I've always had this obsession with lightning and like being able to just like sh- like summon lightning with my mind <laughs> to like you know those things that you are as a child, like you're sitting yeah, in the back yeah. of the minivan, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, if only I had magical powers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I had magical powers. I would do right. I always right. wanted to pass time. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Passing time uh, has been the thing I've wanted, but it's yeah. never happened. I've always wanted to fly, which then I'm like, well, maybe I like the air yeah. element better. But then when I think yeah. of everything else, I'm like, no, everything else about air doesn't really fit. Just just the flying part. I want tele if I if we're gonna do something with time like that, mm. I would pre- prefer teleportation. Like yeah. yeah, that over being able to fly fly yeah, yeah. well fly, I, what if you yeah. lose your powers to fly that's always and that's i'm true. definitely afraid that is true of flying i'm i'm afraid of heights i have a mm-hmm. hard time putting the star on top of the christmas tree <laughs> really uh, I, yeah. yes i i hyperventilate mm-hmm. so um oh, gosh. <laughs> i'm like holding onto the stairs like and it's this much off the ground <laughs> well so i love i have this weird i love heights I love Same. them, but I'm terrified of them. So I'll be like on the edge looking down and my legs, like, you know, that feeling when your legs, the back of your calves start to hurt and you're like, yes. oh gosh, yes. Okay. See that I know. Cause you don't have a I fear of it. I don't have a I, fear of heights. I, I have a fear of heights, but I love heights. So I feel like if I could fly, maybe that would kind of like ease that fear. It would like negate it. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, well, if I fall, I'll just fly away. It'll be fine. So It'll be fine. I, there will be no yeah, problem. Yeah. See, yeah, well, I don't know if this is an easy question. This <laughs> might be a harder question. So you're having a dinner party. You're hosting a dinner party. You can invite Love three those. guests, three okay. guests. They can okay. be dead, alive, fictional, fictional or real. real. Yeah. It could be anyone. <laughs> fictional, <laughs> real life, celebrity, dead, alive, anybody. Who would yeah. you invite? I just need one person, Anthony Bourdain. <gasps> Ooh, okay. Okay. I like I this just one. need, I just, I just need, I need to, to it just be him. Okay. And that's all I need him to be. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah, all right. Yes, that is, he is, um, he is a little bit of an idol of mine. Ooh, I don't blame you. I do not yeah, blame you. Yes. <laughs> I uh, was definitely an idol of mine. Plus, I think that a dinner party with him would actually be someone who enjoys food and enjoys, mm-hmm. enjoys good wine, and it would be very enjoyable. If you want to throw Obama in, possibly mm-hmm. Michelle rather than Obama, you know, then <laughs> Michelle Obama <laughs> throw her in, yes. in there. I think I would enjoy that very much. I think that um, I wouldn't mind having Jane Austen sit at the table and throw in some like throw yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. So I so, think that that would be my three choices. Ooh, yeah. I like these. I love that. So are you yeah. like a, a foodie? Do you like to cook, or you just like to eat? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, love that. So food is heavily featured in, in my books, but it's because I can't help it because, so I come from a culture that is very like food driven. Um, mm-hmm. We express love and care through food. If mm-hmm. I like you, I'm going to cook for you. I'm going to make sure that it's the best meal of your life and I'm going to wine and dine you. We're going to have a fantastic time. So it's very cultural to enjoy dinner and cook for people. 
I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> Shoot. Okay. Let's get into some nitty gritty. Yes. Let, let's get into some fun things. Okay. Awesome. All right. So as, as a fellow type A Ravenclaw, I'm dying to know this answer because I read your bio and you, Miss Speedy Queen, wrote all of your books so fast. Yeah. That being said, are you a planner or a pantser? Pantser. Ah! Pantser. No! I, 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 yes. I, I, so I thought, I, for many, many years, I thought that the only way to write was by outlining. Mm. So I have, I hate to use the term a binder full of outlines, but I literally have a binder full of outlines that I did in the early 2000s of many, many ideas that I outlined completely. And then when the time came to actually write them, I just fell flat on my face. But the things that I did from, through the flying by the seat of my pants, I completed them in a very short time. So I've always been a very fast drafter. This is not a, a new thing. Once I get into a, a good a story that I'm my headset on it, I will finish in like less than 30 days. That's wild. But, but drafting is different mm. than completely writing it because you oh, still yeah. have to do a bunch of editing. So the editing takes me about a year because I write such <sighs> thick books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah how many pages is the first book Megan um I have it both of you <laughs> either see. one of you I know I grabbed mine too um it is like 508 I want to say 508 okay oh also totally uh random but speaking of your books congratulations on your most recent launch of book two yes Found at the beginning you. of the month I got it here yes Ooh, it's so yes. pretty Yes, I got it. And this one, this one's even thicker. This one oh. is clocking in at, I'll tell you right now, 614. All right. Damn. It is. It's Excellent. a, it's a tome for sure. Now um, so I wrote them back to back. I wrote this one in June mm. of 2019 and this one in August of 2019, each taking me a month each. Wow. So wow. I wasn't, I awesome. was into the story. <laughs> That's and it, awesome though. Uh, looking at your website, you said it's going to be five total. Yes. Yeah, so there's a total of five mm. books plus the novellas, which are separate. I don't consider mm. them, you know, part of the actual, um, you know, compendium of, of uh, main stories. But yeah. yeah, so it will be a total of five books. And I am really like being very mindful to not write a 700, 800 page book because the bigger the book, the more nightmare it is to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a really that's, good point that, that I've really never thought point. about. Yeah. Every time a, a young writer tells me, um, oh, I'm going to write like a big book because of the KU page reads. And I'm like, do you understand what a nightmare it is to edit a big book? First of all, you've got to pay an editor per word count. <laughs> Let's start there. Um, and, and then second of all, you, is so many scenes, you get overwhelmed with mm -hmm. like, are you doing them justice, um, editing all these scenes? So also, yes, I am yeah. mindful of that. Like one of the things, cause like I'm currently in the throes, like I wrote my whole book in like a year, sat on the shelf for a while over the pandemic. I ended up rewriting it in certain ways. Mm -hmm. Like I like chopped off the front, changed this, did a bit to like changing to the fundamental world building. I'm yes. now at a point where I'm doing content editing and I'm just like, I could not imagine it like being mm -hmm. longer than it already is. And like the word count that I'm already at, I'm just like, like, I can't even imagine like how many words, do you know how many words are in your first book? 145,000. Okay. So that makes me feel pretty good about mine. Yeah. <laughs> 145,000. The second one is 189,000. So for okay. reference, my current page count is like, 260 and I'm sitting right under 90,000 words. So for all you people that are trying to write really long books, page numbers don't really matter 
word count. No. Well, because yeah. the page number is depending on what final font you decide on your book right? mm-hmm. um, and um, things like that. For example, I have friends that do the spacing of the lines much wider, mm-hmm. but because the book is so thick, I can't do the wide spacing. I'm going to have an 800 page book. I can't do that. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it's got to be single, um, single mm-hmm. space line. So yeah, it depends a lot on that. I know I get told, oh, my page is like, you know, my book is 120 pages. And I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, that is it. That can <laughs> mean anything. Yeah. I need something more concrete. So yes, I, I it depends. So ninety thousand is good, man. Like ninety thousand, yeah. I wish that I could do ninety thousand. That would so be mine's currently ninety thousand. But that's being said, I'm only on page like ninety of edits. So it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna grow. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna. I mean, which I'm fine with. Like that's what that's the point. Like my content editing mm-hmm. is making my word count go up, which is the point yeah. because I changed the world building, the fundamental blocks of my world. So like my two storylines essentially need to line up. Yes, exactly. They're getting there. They're getting there. But yeah, it's, it's time. It's taking time. It's taking time. <laughs> I really admire the authors that can edit an entire book in like one or two months and bam, it's ready. And I'm like, how? It how? takes me 10 months. I do like a chapter to a chapter and a half a week. Yeah, it just, it just mm-hmm. some, and, and to me, some chapters need more work than others. Exactly. Yeah, some chapters are straightforward. Um, mm-hmm. and I often find that if a chapter is straightforward and, um, I'm like, okay, it's fine. I might not need that chapter and I might need to cut it. Mm, that's really valid. Oh, I actually, I, listened to I like that. Somebody yeah, recently said that, um, chapter endings, 90% yeah. of all of the endings of your chapters need to be like a page shorter because that ending doesn't matter. The ending doesn't matter. Um, also you want to keep them in a slight bit suspense. So they want to turn mm-hmm. the page. Um, and, and these are things that I think that you learn when I was younger, um, like 20 years ago, when I first started writing, um, I used to write straight up cliffhangers every chapter all the time. And it was entirely unnecessarily dramatic and intense. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think I went through a phase of that too. Why does that sound like fan fiction to me? Because I was writing fan fiction. I was also... I was, I was also writing, writing fan, fiction. fan fiction. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and let me tell you, I would get hundreds of thousands of people reading the fan fiction because it was cliffhanger. But now I need to know what the fan fiction was. What fan um, Okay, so I've written, I started out writing Buffy, um, the Vampire Slayer um, fan fiction. I, I was a big Spuffy writer and um, my, um, my stories are still online. You are our third Buffy-related author. Yeah. Yeah. We had, (laughs) like, we had one author who was an extra in the first season Mm -hmm. of Buffy. We have one author who does a Buffy podcast. Yeah, did you get to, did you get to talk to Frankie at Imaginarium? Yes, yes. Yeah, she does the Buffy podcast. Oh, I did not know that. So interestingly enough, Frankie and I have the both best same cover designer. I was Ooh, wondering. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that makes so much sense. I was yeah, so we, looking at your cover and I was yeah. like, why does this look familiar? Because I'm obsessed with, so like I have a background in art mm. and I'm always like, who did your cover? How did you come up with the cover? <laughs> Tell me all the details of your cover. Well, that's how Frankie and I met because she liked one of my videos and I had seen her, um, I had been hunting for graphic designers mm-hmm. and I had seen her cover and I really loved it. So I reached out to her because she liked my post and I was like, okay, I'm just going to break the ice and talk to her. Um, and I was like, listen, I'm thinking of hiring this cover designer. Can you give me your feedback on how it was to work with her? And she was great. She provided me all this feedback. 
Um, and that's how come I ended up going with the cover designer after Very speaking cool. with Frank. That is awesome. Yeah. Now I do have a question about this. Cause I find this yeah. absolutely fascinating. Do you like send like sketches or like, uh, imagery or like, you can, you okay. can, okay. To, what did so you do? Because, um, so, um, it's very interesting story about my cover. I know everybody loves it now. Um, however, I didn't want the dress in the front of the book originally. Really? Okay. I didn't because because I wanted the series to look cohesive. And mm -hmm. um, the artist who does the dress, who's create who photographed the dress, um, he is a Spanish photographer that creates these dresses from scratch, oftentimes using waste and trash materials. Ooh. So so cool. I really loved the dress and I felt it fit, but I needed something to cover the span of the series. Yeah. So originally I told her I wanted a throne um, on the front, but it looked too much like three dark crowns. Is that the mm -hmm. one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. I felt it look too, too similar to mm -hmm. that. So I was like, you know what, let's use the dress. But I told her my concerns. She's like, don't worry about that. Let me worry about it because I can recolor a dress. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's why the first and the second book have the same dress. They've just been recolored. Oh, no. They're like just in that. different That angles, is so, yeah. so cool. So, so she recolored it. Can it I will a, not be a dress for book three, though. I'll tell you oh, that. Oh, okay. Can I ask a really interesting, uh, subtle question? So I'm yeah, looking sure. at all of your books, and it has the book three, book four, book five, and book three has pink. Does that mean the cover is going to be pink? Because you the ink the like what you have on your website the book three is in pink book four is in green book five is in gold yes, yes. that is a very big hint <laughs> <laughs> that is a very big hint but you see the colors have a meaning um so book three is sapphic and I kind of wanted to do like pink and purple like for the lesbian flag um so oh, I love that love that <laughs> so so that's why I went with the pink. Um, and I was against dressing because of the cover. My designer was like, you need to calm down and let me be the designer. <laughs> Megan and I are notorious for shipping women in books that aren't actually together. <laughs> you know, are, and, and, uh... and I had a few people, uh, if you read the first book, I had a few people wanting Sana and Hira together. Um, and it, I was like, you know, I come from the Buffy fandom. <laughs> everyone got shipped with everybody. Right? <laughs> like everyone yeah. got, I don't yeah. care what anyone ships. Like that's good on you. But I do mm. have enough lesbians that we have, <laughs> <laughs> we have options here. Like legitimately, <laughs> we'll review a book and be like, you know who I thought was really cute together. <laughs> these, like, two these two female characters. female characters that have like two interactions. <laughs> like legitimately. <laughs> We were talking about a book the other day and I was like, this woman is so hot. Like, why is she only in one she, chapter? Literally, <laughs> we saw her for one scene. I was in love. And then like, <laughs> after that, she was just mentioned like maybe twice. And I was like, oh, uh, was and we were just like, yes, please. Can we top have five, her? <laughs> top five most beautiful character in the entire book. <laughs> so, so interestingly enough, I write side characters as if they were main characters and Ooh, that's done on purpose. I love that because um i think that main that the oftentimes we put on uh, us as writers we put so much emphasis on the main character and everyone else is just there to like create the orchestra behind them right mm -hmm. um but i don't really like that angle i really like it that each um side character has their own secret from the main character Ooh. and if at any point the main character were to die i have enough formed side characters to take over the story 
Okay, so I guess that this- is both very smart and also terrifying because yeah. I do plan on reading this book soon. <laughs> oh, I'm taking um, it to Africa. So now I'm really scared, but uh, <laughs> so I'm <also> excited. <laughs> I guess this is a good thing. So out of all of the characters, side characters, which okay. one would you choose to do a spinoff with? Ooh. Ooh. I would do a spinoff with a very minor character. Okay. Um, probably Mena. She is a middle-aged seer. Um, and you meet her in book one. She does not come out in book two, but she has the first scene of book three. Ooh. So I would do a spinoff with her. Okay. So again, okay. all of the characters. So um, I don't know if you are familiar with how I've written my books, but each book has a different main character. Okay. okay. I was okay. wondering about that because I was looking yeah. through all of your mm. pages and online and I was like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, so book one follows the queen, mm-hmm. Amira, and second book follows Hera, which is her younger cousin. Um, but if you've ever read the Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer. Oh, hold up. Let me look that I up. haven't, but I know them. I have a couple of them. I haven't read if them you, yet though. That's where I got the mm-hmm. inspiration because I have a little bit of a pet peeve of having yes. the same main character for five books. <laughs> because I feel, and this is just my own, you know, I think mm. it's really a preference thing. Um, I feel like I want to know more about the world. And since we, if we're trapped within the same person, um, there, it can get repetitive. Um, you can get filler scenes and filler books. And in order to attempt to avoid that in a five book series, I made the decision to structurally structure the uh, series differently so that even though we follow a linear storyline, mm-hmm. okay, every chapter of the story, every volume of the, of the storyline follows a different character that becomes a main while still following the rest of the characters. They just become mm-hmm. side characters. I love that. That is really cool. So everyone has their own arc, right? So you don't have to be thinking like a five series long arc. That's entirely too much for me. And I, Mm -hmm. and I fear um, becoming repetitive um, filler. And I I always worry about filler. That's like my, the, Mm -hmm. the fear that I live constantly in, in, because I have such thick books that I'm writing filler scenes. Mm. Um, so, um, once I, during the last bits of edits after the beta readers read it, I do ask myself, what the hell is the point of this damn scene? (laughs) And if there's no point of this damn scene, then I either cut it and add it to another, or I remove it altogether. That's some words of wisdom right there. That is. That really I'm is. A very, I'm, a, I'm a very harsh editor on myself. Even the <laughs> scenes that I, even scenes that I love, I've had to cut scenes that I adore. What I do is I just provide it to my mailing list. Um, oh, smart. Yeah. I mean, the really hardcore mm. readers, the fans are going to enjoy them. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, so that just adds a bit. And if ever a special edition gets released, you know, years into the future, those scenes can be added. But mm-hmm. I do, I, it, every scene in the book has a purpose and it's moving the story forward. I think that was, I was petrified of having stagnant situations. Since I have yet, neither one of us has had a chance to read the book. Is it mm-hmm. a uh, single POV or is it multi-POV? Multi-POV. Okay, so, that's what I thought. Uh-huh. Interesting. I wrote this. Um, I wrote this book um, as a first-person point of view, Uh-oh. and the first developmental editor that read it basically raked me through the coals. And oh. she was like, 
she was like, under no conditions can this book be first person point of view. Really? Oh, yeah. She was like, you need to make this third person and you need to add dimension to your story by adding all other point of view. So I took that as an advantage to start introducing the POV of second book, the Mm -hmm. POV of the third book, so that everyone that Mm. is going to be a major main character throughout the five series, you already know. And these are not oh. people coming out of left field. Okay. okay. I also really like that. That is, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, I was just like trying, okay, because I didn't think I was ever going to publish. Mm. I said, fuck it. And I'm going to do this how yeah, I do yeah. it. Absolutely. So I was, because originally I did start querying in, <laughs> in the year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> 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 when, when the pandemic is it's like exploding the world. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, people in New York that are, whose lives are falling apart. Like you want to read my book? Can you read this book, please? Right. And, was, and um, I had um, I I had quite a few requests for full manuscript and partial manuscript. Um, but again, it was the middle of the pandemic. It's mm. literally February, and March of oh, 2020. Wow. Yeah, it's literally exploding oh. as this is happening. So I kind of like gave up, and I thought, well, no one's gonna read it, so I'm just gonna do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what I did. And then somehow I ended up publishing it after my friends kicked my ass and were like, you need to stop beating around the bush and actually publish. Because I have 18 manuscripts on my shelf. I read that. Yes. When did you write your first manuscript? Okay, if we're going to be really honest, I wrote my first manuscript when I was 13 and I wrote it by hand. Oh, same. Oh, same. Yeah. Same. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, that, that's, I yeah. had to throw it away. My mother saved it. It's in a, it's in a bin. Um, <laughs> what was it about? What was like the, the genre? It was kind of like, um, oh gosh, this is like really embarrassing. Oh, I'll <laughs> share. I'll share. Uh, yeah, same. <laughs> it, it, it was technically a fan fiction self-insert because you don't know how to do anything but self-insert. Of course. Of course. Um, I don't think you stopped doing self-insert for quite a few decades, actually. No. Um, <laughs> you definitely don't. No. <laughs> um, but it was a self-insert of a tiny show called The Young Writers. That came out in 1991 or 92, and it's about uh, the Pony Express um, system. Okay. And it was 17 guys living in a house, and they were all young and hot. So of course, I had to self-insert myself. <laughs> into yes, you did. Yes, yes, I did. I did. And um, it, it, it's it's now got major stars in it, but they were super young. So like Josh Brolin was something like uh, oh. 18 or 19, and he was hot Boys. as hell. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to do um, a self-insert and I wrote it by hand. Um, And then my parents were like, oh, she's really into writing. Let's buy her a typewriter. So then I wrote my second manuscript at when I was um, 13, 14. And all of these ended tragically, mind you. Of Um, course, they have to end tragically. Yes. The self-insert me always died at the end. Mm -hmm. And tragically in her lover's arms. Um, I I went through that phase too. Yeah. Yeah. So those were my first manuscripts. The first adult ones is when I was, um, I think I was 20. I was 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. I wrote um, a very, very long fan fiction, but I always wrote fan fiction as a U, alternative universe. Yeah. Oh, alternative. Yep, yep. oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, mm-hmm. I wrote it as an AU and it was very big and very thick. And I really thought about converting it into a story, but now I reread it and it, it is messy as hell. <laughs> Um, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? I was on something. Well, it was college, so I probably was. I, I, one of my first uh, manuscripts I ever wrote was a self-insert. 
I was a, I was um, an elf in Lord of the Rings and I was Legolas's mate. I was his. Legolas needed somebody. Yes, he did. He really did. I rewrote the Aragon Erwin wedding to be a a twin wedding, like a double (laughs) wedding. (laughs) So, (laughs) so there, because they get married on like this log in the forest, Mm. but I set it up so there was two logs. Right. We got to have two logs. Of course. Two people in love. So, <laughs> Natalie, I don't, I don't think you know this about me. Oh, I'm so excited my first right now. fan fiction was. I don't remember. Maybe. Um, my first, because of course, always self-insert fan fiction was um, <clears throat> Naruto oh, fan fiction. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. <laughs> Wait, it was what? I didn't. Naruto fan fiction. Oh, <laughs> Because Why didn't we do this? That's that's well, what got me into fandom because I had a friend in like eighth grade who was like she was in seventh grade, I was in eighth grade, and she was like super into Naruto. So she got me into Naruto, and then we were like both in love with Sasuke. Oh, Sasuke, to, yes. And then I got to high school, and then like I was like, no, Sasuke's an idiot. No, he's fresh. <laughs> he annoys me. So so Kiba is like my favorite. Ooh, okay. Um, I have a little Kiba stuffed thing over on my guest bed over yes. there um I'm like looking at it like oh yes um <laughs> I was um, writing yeah, all of Farming is was, was, <laughs> yes it is um was uh Naruto fan fiction yeah, yeah. I definitely uh was writing yeah. that in my math class and not taking oh it. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I was yes. like oh me and Legolas me and Legolas <laughs> in math class <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that. And then I wrote an, I also wrote a uh, self insert in an anime called Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yep. And then I think my first like full, like independent, like my own world, yeah. I wrote in, uh, I think I was a sophomore in high school and I finished it my freshman year of college. And that is just sitting in my <laughs> desktop. I it's think done. I read it. Uh, I watched an author's YouTube video once say that sometimes you've got to get these out of yes. you. Yeah. You got to get them out of you. And they're not meant to be seen by anyone else, but you got to get, but mm-hmm. you learn like, yeah. when I, uh, um, you know, in the, in the end of the nineties, uh, early 2000s, there was like this backlash from authors against fan fiction, mm-hmm. believe it or not. I don't know if you remember, Diana Gabaldon was a big one of this. She does not allow mm-hmm. people to write fan fiction of her work is actually illegal um so oh <laughs> yeah yeah okay that, that's that's a thing that happened in the early 2000s but I always find that fan fiction allows you to develop storytelling um skills yes, oh, yes. yeah yeah yes. it helps you yes. how to develop a story how to pace mm-hmm. it there's a lot of pacing yeah. this learn it's world building things mm-hmm. like that yeah. it's, it helps yeah. a lot so and it's such an it's such an easy, cause this is something we've, cause we had an Wait. episode last year about fan fiction and whether it was real reading slash real writing. And I was like, I write, I still write a lot of fan fiction. I don't post like I used to, mm-hmm. um, but I do still write fan fiction and I just use it as a one, like you were saying to get the stories out. Cause they just mm-hmm. have to come out. Yeah. But also it's such great. Cause you have a sandbox to work in yeah. Mm-hmm. so you can worry about you don't have to worry about the nitty gritty stuff that you mm-hmm. have to worry about when you're writing yeah. your own world and book you can just play around and do whatever you want yes. and, and no one gives it and people are gonna right. read it and enjoy it yeah. and love it mm-hmm. yeah. and it's it's all fun and games so I I really I it, 
editing my books was Mm -hmm. the first time that I actually critically thought about what I was putting on Mm -hmm. the page because before I was like whatever and I would just throw it out there (laughs) and not worry about Mm -hmm. you know sentence structure and Mm -hmm. um do we need this scene and fan fiction you can add more scenes yes you know five sex scenes yes (laughs) Yes. also if someone like when I eventually I'm in the planning stage of my book right now but it whenever it gets published if someone was like I want to write fan fiction of that I would be honored like are you yeah. kidding me absolutely please yeah, right. exactly. like, say less nice. like I will read it and comment and give like, it kudos that is such like a like the flattery that because yeah sometimes you're like I have to write fan fiction because <laughs> this didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen but it makes it's like you made such a big impact on that person that they yeah. had to then use your world to yes. write their own part like that's exactly such, that's so flattered I can't I had I, I had my first cosplay last last week I think <gasps> so I was like I had to so I met my friend Jill um when we were writing Buffy 20 years ago and we had never 23 years ago now um and I never met her in person until the year 2021 mm-hmm. um so we actually met after knowing each other online for oh. such a long time and oh. I'm messaging her and I'm like oh my god Jill I've got a cosplay person <laughs> and that's she's like, so holy cool. shit <laughs> And I was just like, I don't know what to do. What is what am I gonna do when a fan fiction comes out? <laughs> read I'm it, print it off, frame it, <laughs> <Get> it bound, <laughs> put it as a novella next to your yes. novels. <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna share it with everybody who yeah. has a fan fiction. Even, <laughs> even better if it comes from Wattpad, like <laughs> and you see, so so again, I'm dating myself here, but I remember you sending my first fan fiction in Buffy in Yahoo groups because we didn't have forums live journal or anything nice. back in those days so it was like a giant mailing list and you would send it out to this giant group so my I think the one I did was mm. like spuffy fanfic at yahoogroups.com and you would write the story add it in the email and you would send it out to that email address and it would send out to like 3,000 people and That's people amazing. would reply back that is amazing with, with reviews that's how you would get reviews and then fanfiction.net came up <gasps> my favorite yes <laughs> yeah and this was like years yeah. before archive of our own. Oh, oh yeah, it didn't oh, exist. Yeah. It did it not exist. exist. Yes. It didn't exist. Yeah. We so also, it was fun. Yeah, we Quizilla. We had Quizilla and fanfiction.net was what we grew up on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um yeah. that and oh, what was it? We actually speaking of Wattpad, we had a Wattpad author on our last series, we and did. her book is now being published. Mm-hmm. Oh, very yeah. cool. Yeah. And I'm just like, see, fan fiction matters, guys. I know. Not that it her really book does. was fan fiction, but like still. No, no, yeah. But like, I mean, I'm there are so it. many books that have been published recently that were fan fiction to start off with. So I, I mean the big one. This one is my Wattpad book. I, oh. I printed it out. Ooh. it's called and then there was victor it's like a contemporary romance mm-hmm. um but it's, it's got no up. spice in it um it doesn't really have spice in it so i thought about like pulling it and rewriting it and adding the spice because now i understand what the market is looking for <laughs> oh speaking of spice and everything nice um i love <laughs> i love that on your website you have in the more category you have a whole thing for trigger warnings mm-hmm. and so megan and i were reading through these i was reading them out loud before you got on and i was just like reading going through the first book's trigger well, warnings and first, i was just <laughs> i love that it's alphabetized oh yeah is alphabetized that's amazing and i didn't even do it on purpose i noticed that someone else mentioned it i was like yes that's right i did alphabetize it's alphabetized which is 
amazing. Taipei, Taipei, uh, Taipei. And then as I'm reading through it, I was just like, yeah, yeah, this sounds really good. Yeah. This, <laughs> I mean, yes, yes. It's like, oh, yes. Like, check, check. And I was like, check, honestly, check. this. <laughs> like, I, I've more... had people. I've had a lot of people tell me that my trigger warning scared them. Really. Um, Yes, I had a lot of people tell me okay. that they were very hesitant because of like some of the darker nature stuff. And I even had someone contact me. They really wanted to read the book, but they were concerned about two different trigger warnings. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I went through those trigger warnings, told them exactly the chapter that it was and what happens that they won't miss anything so they can just skip mm-hmm. it since it was really triggering to them. That's awesome. That's great. So I'm, I'm, that I'm is wonderful. Because I've got a trigger warning for like amputations. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I cannot, I cannot like read them in books, watch mm-hmm. them in movies. I will literally walk away. Um, I do not do blood gore, which is why I can't do horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, I just blood get too gore. grossed out. Um, yeah. So I, but I can write it. I can write about amputations and gore, <laughs> but I cannot read it. Yeah. So that makes the, no sense, right? The only thing on here, on out of all your trigger warnings, the only one that gives me the cringe, and Megan's going to really roll her eyes at this on me because I love blood. I love, like, this This trigger warning list is just like, yes, say less. <laughs> um, and, but for me, like, out of this list, like, out of everything that's on here, the one that gives me the ick is body horror. I'm just like, oh, God, body horror? <laughs> well, oh, yeah. um, I think I think I included body horror because of wounds that happen. Mm. Oh, that's um, fine. That's yeah, because of wounds. I I was just like I rather add it um in case people cannot handle mm-hmm. wounds. I mean it's it's a medieval fantasy. There's gonna be wounds. So I was thinking body horror as in like the traditional body horror that you see in horror films where their bodies like twist around and they like scuttle across the ground. So, <laughs> you know now that you mentioned that that does kind of happen in book two more than in book one I, like that like i but love... it's it's like one sentence and that's okay all that that's happens. fine if, if you don't make me read it for more than three pages i'm fine no with that. no no if you're writing anything for more than three pages you need to cut something out <laughs> <laughs> like legitimately i like i love horror i love horror i love a good battle i like blood guts all of that um body horror i will i i will concave in myself when i i just i think that that comes from have uh, when people have really strong imaginations that we can like see it in our like see the movie in our head mm-hmm. um yeah. then you when you visualize it then yes it becomes very tangible and real it's so which is real. why i can't do amputations because i can see it in my head oh my gosh that i mean speaking of amputations i i have dyslexia and so like i misread a, a section of this book and i straight up thought this horse was missing an ear like just clean got his ear cut off. So I'm picturing this horse, no ear, bleeding out. No one's reacting. No one in the story is reacting. And I'm like panicking. I'm like, this horse have an the ear. Horse. The horse is bleeding. Why are we taking care of the horse? Because I'm picturing this poor horse missing an ear. And I'm like, oh my God, he's gonna die. This horse. And no one's responding. And my husband's like, read it again. I read it again. And I was like, oh no, it, it didn't lose an ear. I just read that wrong. Yes. But my imagination was just like, whoa, going off. Yeah. I think a lot of people had, um, I, I think the, the trigger warning that most people are concerned, aside from um, the child abuse, because I mean, that's mm-hmm. something that people have yeah. concerns over, but yeah. it was the animal death. And I was like, oh, it's oh, yeah. there's a fishing, oh, yeah. there's a fishing scene. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh. fishing scene. Hi. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, there is animal death coming mm. up because war happens. And war happen. a lot of yeah. a lot of people don't realize that in mm. these medieval wars, unfortunately, a lot of the animals that mm. were used in war would also die. Um, <laughs> yes. So as war continues, that will come up. Mm-hmm. But the, the trigger warnings that I have are almost series wide. Okay. Okay. So, so it might not necessarily be in every mm. pool. Um, so, nice. Since it's a medieval war, everything i have like two questions i don't know which one to ask first one like while you're writing these do you listen to like medieval like battle music or anything like to help get in the mood or is it like absolute silence i um i do like instrumental music but it's got to be inspiring soundtrack type of like two-way um um type of listening i don't Okay, so every every scene has a different type of song. Um, so it's it. So if I'm writing a conversation, uh, just a soft tune will do. If I'm writing a battle scene, I need like rising of the music, you know, the rise yeah. to Edoras type of <laughs> rising music. I need mm. that in order to yes. get into the mood. But I cannot have um, music with words on it. Okay. Because I will accidentally add the <laughs> Sorry, words. Sorry, writing. <laughs> I am the psychopath that will listen to like really heavy rap or like screamo while I'm writing. And I'll just have just like, going <laughs> off in my head. Like we, so Megan and I are in a writing group. It's like 6am and I'm just writing uh-huh. somebody, some death metal just going, yes. They're walking through the woods and the sunlight's peering through the branches. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I can't, I had to have instrumental, but I do that for anything, for studying, for reading. Mm. Um, it's got to be very light instrumental unless I'm writing battle scenes or a sex scene, then it, I will choose a different type of music. Ow. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> yes. So my follow-up question was, you have mentioned that you really like to travel, that you've traveled a lot. Do you take inspiration from the places you've been and have put it into your novel? Um... I could say yes, but I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily as true. I think my the major inspiration that I get, believe it or not, is from watching movies. Okay. So okay. I, I write I write uh, what I consider cinematically because before I started writing my own books, I studied screenplay. Um, so I went to school for filmmaking. So oftentimes I write the scenes like a film um, as a um, kind of like a stage direction on a script, you know? that okay, sort yeah. of, I, I really visualize it like a film in my head and I put it on paper That's um so, cool. so I think that, that really cool. I, I I really think that I gear much more towards um films I've always liked very empowering epic films in general yeah. so that is where I get most of my inspiration I think when I travel I kind of like turn off that creative side and just bask and wine and escargot Mm. Um, (laughs) that is um usually I travel with a group because I've got a um I've got a group of people that travel and we all like the same things Mm. um so I kind of like switch off my brain during that travel and just live in the moment now it doesn't mean I haven't been inspired like I hear something or I see someone and I'll make Mm. note of it um and for whatever reason always on the plane ride back home I write something on my phone or on the notebook because I feel the sense of like, I don't know, like now we're getting back to work. So yeah. I get inspired. My I don't know why. Entire I love that. book, like my I have two spiral bound notebooks that are like the five sections. Both of them went on my honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that you wrote more than 
anything in your honeymoon. Well, I, I took it everywhere with me. Um, it literally, like, I actually was one of the, that was like one of the foundations of me, like revamping my world was while I was in Italy, specifically on the train rides in between the cities. But yeah, no, my entire planning to spiral bound notebooks went to Italy and back. My, my planning <laughs> notes are well-traveled. <laughs> I love that. So I've, I've had to write under very rough conditions because I just didn't have time to be able to write. Um, my, my job was all consuming. So mm -hmm. I would write during my lunch hour, put the timer mm -hmm. for 30, for an hour. And I had to crank out 2000 words during that lunch hour. So I would do it. So that's how I would. Do it. So I would guess I wanted to ask you, like, where are some of the places you've been? Like the ones that you would go back to or that you've treasured the most? Um, uh, definitely Barcelona is my favorite city so far. I thought Paris was going to be my favorite, but inevitably, I don't know if it was a language thing since I could speak Spanish and I could really communicate mm -hmm. really well in Barcelona. Um, so I Barcelona is my favorite. Um, I loved Paris. I would like to return. Um, and then within Spain, I have traveled to Valencia, um, to Madrid. And then I've been to Mexico and I've been to Peru um, and I've been to Machu Picchu. <laughs> I'm so oh, jealous. I saw that. Yeah. I literally I was oh. on your website and I was like, Megan, she's been to Machu Picchu and I'm so oh. jealous. Like it's like top 10. Yeah, it was, it was it was yeah, that. It was, a, go it, so was a, it was one of those life dreams that I was like, it's never gonna come mm -hmm. true, but I'm still gonna have it. Yeah. And then out of the blue in 2019, my cousin and her husband, which is part of my traveling group, was like, Hey, how about Peru? And I was like, Are you serious right, right now right <laughs> and um let me tell you I've never been more sick in my life during a trip <laughs> oh no <laughs> I was so sick that on the day that we were supposed to go up to Machu Picchu I thought about not going no and my brother was oh. like are you kidding me you've waited all this time and you've done all this and you're not gonna make it up there but I was so ill because the altitude mm. sickness just messes yeah. you up oh man oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so Megan and I are big travelers. Like we mm. both love to travel. I had the very similar, like I had the most surreal experience in Stonehenge. I got to see Stonehenge at sunset. And if you, and right. Uh, and it, if, depending on what, if you go for the sunrise or sunset at Stonehenge, you can actually mm -hmm. go into the inner circle. You don't have to stay in the roped off stone. Like I mm. touched the stones. Like I was in them. I walked through them, everything. It was one of the most intense like spiritual grounding Moments. experiences mm. I have ever had in my yeah. entire life. Like that I sounds like, amazing. I cannot wait to go that back is incredible. to Stonehenge. Now I'm actually like in eight days leaving to go to Africa. <laughs> Ooh, what part? What part of Africa? Uh, we're going. So we're going to Kenya. Okay. We're staying in Nairobi for a few days, but most of our time we're actually going to be staying in reservations and like campsites and and like mm. trees and everything like that. So it's mostly just to go see the wildlife out there. My my niece, um, who I think I inspired her to travel, but she's been to Ghana and she did a, a reservation in, in South Africa and she loves it. She can't wait to go back. So you yeah, can this, have a great time. This is my like once in a lifetime. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to be, I mean, I would love to go back to Africa, mm -hmm. but I don't know if I ever will get the chance. Do not but... forget to keep toilet paper in your bag at all times. That is You're very welcome. smart. I, we're literally doing a trial packing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm just because I did that mistake. We did that mistake in Peru when we were up in the little tiny mm. villages, thinking that hey, toilet paper will be available everywhere. Yeah, it is yeah. not. Okay, good it's to really know. Smart, really smart. Good to know. Um, I need you to do this for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. I forgot that right now. <laughs> 
so what you said you just you, ugh, words words are hard guys <laughs> <laughs> so you wrote the first book both of your first books in under a month right yeah and then it takes you like 10 months to edit and get it out okay. there um yes. what is so I guess what I'm trying to ask is like do you find writing anything of the first like past difficult to write? Do you ever get hung up on a scene or do you find like once you go back through in those like later months, something really stands out as like the most enjoyable part of the process, the worst, the least favorite part? So if you would have asked me in 2019, I would have told you that the drafting part of it is the best, uh, is the best part and editing is pure hell, right? Okay. Um, you live through hell for a few months. Mm. Um, I think that- <laughs> Um, I think that editing to me is very challenging because it's newer to me than drafting is. I've drafted mm. many manuscripts, so I'm very comfortable drafting. Okay. But editing, um, it's almost like a, a new shoe. Um, it's still like, you know, rasping at the edges and I'm yeah. not used to it. Mm. But I think that once I, I've done my, I've done now three um, books that I've edited. And I think I'm hoping that as I continue, the editing is not so terrible, such a calamity to me every time. I've got to do it because I do recognize that I, after all the editing and it's polished, it's like, okay, now it makes damn sense. You know, um, I just, the process is just really mentally draining for me. Mm -hmm. So I have to have like red blood hand <laughs> because I'm not a night owl. I am a morning person. Mm -hmm. So exactly. because I work in the morning, I, you know, I, I, I got to come home at night. <laughs> so I'm, I'm exhausted by the time the editing starts, mm -hmm. but I'm hoping that in the future, if you were to ask me this question in three years time, I'm going to tell you, you know, I really enjoy every process. <laughs> so do you have like a favorite, like, do you prefer writing the like spicy scenes, the action scenes, like give up? I like absolutely hate writing sex scenes. Um, <laughs> so I'm demisexual. I'm okay. demisexual. And um, which is why all my, my stories are slow burn because I do not understand love yeah. and romance any other way it does not compute mm -hmm. so um it takes me a long time for me to, to feel like the characters are ready to consume this attraction that they've had so I struggle really a lot with the romance mm -hmm. um okay. and I tell this to my beta readers whenever I send them the manuscript tell me what's wrong with the romance I know there's okay. something wrong with the romance okay. I'm either going too slow I'm going too fast you know um so they help me out a lot in finding the kinks of what mm -hmm. I can do to fix it but hate writing the sex scenes I never know where the damn limbs go I why are we having so much sex? <laughs> yes <laughs> I don't but I love writing um I love writing banter if you Ooh, had to ask yes me, banter yes. is my favorite and mm -hmm. also I love writing the long intricate descriptive paragraphs which I inevitably delete no. <laughs> oh no those are my favorite I love a well, good detailed scene so those are my favorite things to write I like to mm. set the stage that set the story um but I know I have to essentially like truncate what I'm mm -hmm. writing because you don't need a two pages of description of the city you're gonna lose the reader oh. um so uh I know but it is part of the editing <laughs> it's part of the kill your darlings or whatever they say uh, what I'm just learning from this interview is that I write very similar to you and that means that I need to be a harsher editor <laughs> Yeah. I had to learn to be really harsh and like my first editor that first looked at my book she was brutal I hid in a corner for a few days mm. thinking 
I don't know how to write. I'm giving up on everything. Um, oh, and gosh. then after you lick your wounds for a few days, mm. you pull your life together. You put your big girl pants on and you do what you got to do. <laughs> yes, yes, that's so true. Now you said that you originally oh, yeah. were doing screenwriting and things like that. And you write very cinematically. Do you have yes. like, I hate to ask you like, what's your favorite movie? But like, do you have like, oh, you need to watch these three movies because of their like <laughs> cinematic insignificance or anything like that? So, um, I, I, obviously, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the original, um, is my favorite series of all time. But mm-hmm. then I think, oh, the original Star Wars is my favorite oh. series of all time. Okay. Uh, so okay. I'm kind of like torn because mm-hmm. I do like epic stuff and those fit the bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I If I had to choose a favorite movie, if I was younger, I would have told you Gone with the Wind. Oh, um, Okay. If I was younger, I would have told you Gone with the Wind. I think oh, as I'm older, I will probably tell you that it's a toss-up between two very different movies, Sound of Music and The Usual Suspects. Oh, okay. okay. So one, you can't see it because my lighting is like really bright, but this is Gondor. It is a 3D printed <laughs> Gondor replica. That is really cool. <laughs> that goes next to my three different versions of Lord of the Rings <laughs> because I, I got this is so random, but I got really drunk in Charleston, South Carolina. And I, as, as, should. as I, and it's like, it's like late, it's like 9 PM and I'm roaming around Charleston drunk with my husband. And I was like, there's a bookstore open. Let's go. <laughs> so I drunkenly convinced him to let me buy another version of Lord of the Rings. Cause I thought the covers were pretty. Uh-huh. You needed it. And he's like, it's I can't. Necessary. And, I, and he's like, I can't argue with you right now. Yeah. You're too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so Follow up question to that, because this is a little different, at least for me, um, these types of movies or shows are different than like, these are my favorites. Do you have a comfort movie? Ooh. Mm. So every Christmas to me doesn't feel like Christmas without watching Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. And it has to be yes. done in order. I love and that. it's not just me, but um my brother gets in mm. on it. Um, my mom and my niece and anyone else, um, I have two nieces that I got them <laughs> into it. So we have to watch it. It's so it is a sort of comfort. I think that if there's a movie where I don't have to think about anything and I just put it in the background, it's either gonna be my big fat Greek wedding. <gasps> um or um, Julie and Julia. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. Excellent you, choices. We need to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I just, there's, so my big fat Greek wedding is literally mm. my family. Um, <laughs> it's been proven so these past two weeks <laughs> because my family is just loud and boisterous and mm. in each other's business. Like right now they're waiting outside for me to finish this so I can brief them on the situation. I love um, that. That's so, beautiful. Um, yeah, so I, I, it's something I can put on a rainy day with socks. I'm having a rough day. I'm going to put it in the background and I'm going to feel good about it. Clueless can also help it scratch that itch. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a yeah, good it can one. scratch that itch. Mm-hmm. Oh, like Legally Blonde can't scratch that itch. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So For me, yeah. there's a one, few. Yeah. One of my, that I recently learned about myself is a comfort watch that I was not aware of until my husband pointed it out. And he's like, I apparently watch uh, Pretty Woman like every two months. Ooh, it's a comfort watch. A and I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know because that's not that's not my genre. I do not yeah. watch yeah. that kind of stuff very often. 
And I was like, literally like when I, not too long ago, I was like, you want to watch Pretty Woman? He's like, Natalie, mm-hmm. I've watched it three times this year alone. <laughs> no, I'm not going to watch. I was like, I've watched it three times already. Cause I like goldfish brain forgot. <laughs> like, uh-huh. what? Yeah. Like, no. So I have, it's very interesting. Yeah. You said that answer that I'm going to follow up with something. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. uh, so mine are, um, house moving castle is a big, big comfort oh, watch yeah. for me. I just put yes. it on. Um, and then also this is a little, like a little cringe, but you know, I love the, uh, really awful, I say awful because they were made for TV and they're Disney movies, but Descendants movies. No, Megan. <laughs> no, I had to, I, I had to like explain to my boyfriend recently. Cause he was like, these are so bad. I'm like, I understand that, but they make me happy. <laughs> you know, I really regret now I was going to make a reference to a Descendant movie, like literally yesterday during a recording. And then I wasn't sure if you would know the rest. I watch them like when I need to clean, I put them on in the background and I just go through all three of them in a row. Like I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And what I have other gonna- ones too, but, but what were you going to say? Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting. So you just hit the point that I was about to make, interestingly enough, because you, um, Natalie, you mentioned that it's not usually the genre that you mm-hmm. tend to like watch. But this is the thing. I think that genres are a constructed thing. Oh, yeah. um, I don't really mm-hmm. believe in genres per se, because, and this is why I like to break them. I like to make, you know, I, I like the cozy fantasy. Mm-hmm. You can't have a cozy fantasy. You know, it doesn't yes. have to be all grim and doom all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that really what matters in a story is the feelings of comfort that they bring. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a predictability, a sense of control when we rewatch things that we yes. already know the ending. Oh, and yeah. this is why yeah. I find it very mentally draining to watch a new movie or mm-hmm. a new show because I'm not prepared for what's coming. Mm-hmm. And therefore I have to think about it and brace myself. Yes. And yeah. the anxiety of that is just yeah. so like, I feel anxiety every day of my life. I don't want to feel it when I'm watching. <laughs> I had to explain right. this. I have to explain this to my boyfriend because he he'll just put on like he recently watched um Reacher, which is the new Jack Reacher TV series on yeah, Apple. Yeah. And yes, he was yeah. like, You need to watch this with me. It's so good. It's so good. And I was like, I can't. I he's like, What if we watch this? Or do you want to start this new thing? I'm like, I can't start anything new. No, like, I, I just can't. I can't. Now, yeah, granted, I, I watched it with him because he watched it while I was in the living room with him. And then suddenly I was sucked in in like episode five. <laughs> and then we binge watch the rest. So now I got to go back and watch the beginning, but you know, <laughs> but I like to, I, for example, I like to watch old shows like Gilmore girls and things that I've already seen. <gasps> yes. Right. Yes. Because there's a sense of like, I know what's going to happen. I know these characters. I don't have to meet new people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I already know these storylines. So I think that books mm-hmm. feel oftentimes that way too, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's why people reread certain books. So, um, I, I, I have certain books that I, I reread um and Ooh. some of them are like the stupidest books that I would have <laughs> never thought I would love please and they- share please share please share, share. so I think um <laughs> I think um the Howl's Moving Castle if you read the book yes we both just, own it so I just a couple of weeks ago I listened on audible to all three of them for the first time and I will be listening to them again and reading it again and again and again because oh so They're I just so read good. one that I feel is going to be like that for me. I just finished Ooh. reading it today and it's um, Half a Soul by Olivia Atwater. Okay. It feels very house moving castle-ish because it's like a Regency fantasy. Ooh. Um, and it's got like that 
feel at the end that I would I wouldn't mind rereading this again mm-hmm. just to get that comfort feel mm-hmm. from it. So um yeah, definitely um that's the type of book that I would reread. I also so I don't read um young adult. Mm-hmm. Um I tried it for many years and I ended up just like giving up on them um because they're just not for me and it doesn't mean that they're bad or anything. Yeah. It's just not it's not what yeah. I like. Um, but there's a young adult book and now I'm trying to think about it. So it, there's a movie made out of it recently and it's about a girl like, um, oh my God, ugly fat friend. What is it called? The Duff? The Duff? The Duff. That ah! Why do I like this book? I don't understand. Why do I like this book? There's just something about this book mm-hmm. that brings me comfort. I think it kind of reminds me of 80s teen films oh yeah oh yeah 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 and because I love it mm-hmm. like John Hughes anything that was John Hughes so it's got like that feel so <laughs> again the comfort vibes why do I mm-hmm. read it I have no idea yeah but yeah. it's a comfort read oh yeah so I have two really off random questions and unless Megan you had a follow-up for nope, that go ahead Okay. I guess my questions are one, like, how did you come up with the titles for your books? And two, how did you come up with like the names of your characters? I make up all the names. Okay. Okay. This is, I I know there's a lot of authors that do put high importance of it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't care. Um, (laughs) It sounds good. I'm going to go with it. (laughs) Go with it. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm mindful of um, names repeating and starting with the same letter as to Mm -hmm. not confuse the reader. Yeah. So I cannot, under any conditions, add any other character with a name starting with the letter A because the couple of book one both starts with the letter A. It's Alton oh, yeah. and Almira. Yeah. So I that's the only thing that I am mindful of. So I've got like an alphabet going on and I'm crossing out the the letters as I go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, also I love like that. Strange, I also don't like strange names on characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they need to be, people need to be able to pronounce them. Thank you. So uh, I I can't I can't deal with it. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's because I'm also partly dyslexic um, that I have a hard time with really like complex names. Mm -hmm. Um, Now to answer your question, like how did I come up with the title? So this was this is a title change. Originally, um, for three years, the manuscript was called "For the Kingdom." And just as I was about to release, if you remember, there is a book called For the Throne Mm -hmm. that came out last year in summer. And when I saw that book being advertised, I think it was like nine months before I came out with my book. I was like, fuck me. I've had an existential crisis that all of my best friends had to live through. Um, And we started doing like a board of like, what titles we could come up with. And that's how I came up with Queen mm-hmm. and Conqueror. Now, okay. Lady of Istock has been Lady of Istock from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't know, sometimes something hits your writing, your editing, and the title just clicks. I don't necessarily know the title before I start writing the manuscript mm-hmm. because I'm a okay. pantser. I'm a pantser, so I don't, yeah. I, I, I have no idea. Now, the traces <laughs> of the first title are all over this book because Ooh. there's a few chapters that end with the statement for the kingdom. <gasps> it's oh, like Easter eggs. It's, I like that. Yeah, there's there's yeah. Easter eggs of, of that. So this is the Very traces nice. that are left. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I'm unpublished, but all five of my books have a title <laughs> already. Is, but have, have you written, you've written them though, right? You've drafted them. I've drafted half of the prequel. I've drafted the entire first book is drafted Perfect. and the first uh, 200 pages of the second book is drafted. And then Perfect. the rest of the books are all planned. Okay. 
So draft as much as you can before you publish. And oh, of course. Yeah, because um, the editing does take long. Mm-hmm. So at least if you have the draft, then you can work with that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can work with that. You can edit it, but draft as much as you can before you publish the first one, because you will be surprised how fast time moves and how much time you spend on marketing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, and no. this is, this is something that I think I talked with you um, a few days ago, Nellie, is there's this thing where it's like, I can't remember what it was called, but it goes around along with um, ADD and ADHD, where it's this like demand. It was oh, the acronym oh, was yeah, PDA, yeah, yeah. and it was uh, pathological demand Man. avoidance. Yes, and it's like if I have to do something, I no longer want to do it. So yes. like it's that you know you have a deadline because everyone's like because I'm a huge procrastinator. I'm awful um, for everything, school, work, everything. Um, and, and I'm a teacher, so it's not great, but you know, we, we make it work. I, yes. I've learned to live with it and I understand myself now, but like, if I get, they're like, Oh, give yourself a deadline. It'll work. If I give myself a deadline, uh-uh. I don't want to do it because like, so I feel like I like that advice because if someone, you know, someone was like, you have to get this book out the sequel out before, you know, this time I'm like, I can't write it now because yeah. this is why I also don't check out books in the library same because if I have to have a set time that I have to have it read it by it is I always forget it I I feel that I feel that yeah I always forgot to return it yes mm. and I volunteer at the local library and I'm not allowed I like I'm like do not let me borrow books because I had a book like three months past the due date and the guy was just texting me like Hey, you really need to return this. We've got people waiting. I was like, I am so sorry. Yes. And half the time, yeah. by the time I return it, I have racked up so many fines that I could have uh-huh. just bought the book to begin with. So it's so like- this is why libraries need to remove fines. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm a library yeah. advisory board member for my county. Ooh. And we and, and we removed the fines. Um, mm. the board of directors voted. Um, and I was a big proponent of it. So mm-hmm. um, I don't believe that we should have fines. This is I just agree. my own belief. I agree. Education, yeah. like reading as an extension of education should yes. be free. Like it, yeah. you, they are a public library. Mm-hmm. It is free to be a member. Why are you then paying to be mm-hmm. penalized? For yes. No, no, without that, if you return the book and those, any fees that were, the, I think the only fees that we keep mm. is if you lose the book complete. Oh, no. Smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Where? if you return it, as long as it's returned, that's all the library should care about. Okay. Um, at the end of the day, because the government is actually the one that funds the library, I think that mm-hmm. the fees only provide about seven or 8% of the actual wow. budget revenue okay. of, of the library. So mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> um, nice. we got rid of them. That's interesting. Um, plus we, I live mm-hmm. in a very poor, um, a poor, very poor area. Mm-hmm. And I felt that um, library finds discouraged people from using mm-hmm. the library because if they forgot a book and they cannot pay the seven dollars and fifty cents of fees now they're not going to the library yeah 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 so I was a big proponent of that Mm -hmm. just because of that it's just just stupid to have I love that now I do feel like I have to say because the library I volunteer for is a private library um because that's different so so the libraries that it's completely free for anyone you do not have to live in a certain area it's 100 free but they don't take money from the government it's all donation based Mm -hmm. the library formed because my county made decided um to pull out of the library 
uh, the public libraries. And they're okay. like, no, the city is going to deal with it now. So all of the suburbs around me, if you live like, so um, my family, they don't live in, I live in Chattanooga. They don't live in Chattanooga. They live in like Hickson. So because it's technically like a suburb, even though there's a branch of that library in Hickson, yes. they have to, you then have to pay, I think it's gone up to a hundred dollars a person a year if you do not live within Chattanooga city limits because the county pulled out. So back in like 2018, um, one of the poorer areas in our town, they were like, we need, this is awful. I hate this. So this uh, married couple, they were like, okay, fine, we'll do it. And so all of the books came from uh, donations from the public and, you know, all this stuff. And so they kind of have to have fees because like, they're like, we yeah. have no money otherwise. Um, that makes sense yeah. though yeah I well, love that but at least uh, at least you're, there's an actual library yes. yes it is very nice that they are there yeah because our public libraries in this county are just so I guess this kind of goes in tandem with what we're talking about when, when you have time to read just for yourself yes. <laughs> amongst your schedule are you reading <laughs> physical books ebooks are you an audiobook person like how do you consume oh, yeah. your literature um I struggle a lot with ebooks. Um, it's it is what it is. I've got the fanciest little e-reader. Um, <laughs> I never use it. Um, I use it for editing because it's one of the steps that I do for editing is on, Ooh. on the ebook reader. Ooh, um, when cool. you read it in a separate in a different format, it helps mm -hmm. you find errors. Um, so I do like audiobooks, um, mm -hmm. but it's got it depends on the person who's narrating. Um, mm -hmm. And I cannot do audiobooks that are way too long, but on um, books that are a little bit boring, which mm -hmm. I love. I love boring books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have this, Goodreads has told me this. <laughs> um, I'd like to kind of start off on audiobooks until I mm -hmm. get into the story and then I'll switch to the physical book. Mm -hmm. I'm a bit okay. physical. I'm a paperback girly versus a mm -hmm. hardcover girly. Same. I like the flop. Um, so that's my preferred. So I would say between paperback and mm -hmm. audiobook. Nice. Okay. Follow-up question. Are you a book yeah. sniffer? Do you sniff your books? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh and yeah. Random, yeah. And the only books that I don't like the smell are the really old dusty ones that you find in antique stores because they smell like people's houses. Okay. And if you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. So this book yeah. right here. Even I love this book. So like, I'll never get rid of this book. But even if I hated this book, it is my best smelling book. <laughs> I would There's keep it just to sniff it. <laughs> and and um, believe it or not, um, on demand, printing on demand, which is, which is what a lot of indie authors use, mm -hmm. those books smell different than books they published do. by a large oh. publisher. I sniff every book I buy because I can tell, like, I'm, I'm really weird. I can tell what kind of glue you use. And, and the ink's different. The ink smells different, guys. It's <laughs> it does. It, it smells different. Um, and I I think I figured it out why because usually traditional publishers they put an order in those books are printed in advance, which is mm. why they run out like the fourth mm -hmm. wing ran out, you know, yeah. sold out. Um, and um, they sit for a while in a warehouse while the arc copies are being reviewed and all mm -hmm. that. So there's a time that goes by. Um, the mm -hmm. books that are printed on demand get printed the moment you order them. So there's no time to oh, sit and marinate. Interesting. Yeah, yeah this interesting. is my own, okay. This is this is what I think that it must be the difference because a printing mm -hmm. is a printing. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Being, having a background in art, like I studied paper and I studied glue and I studied ink. And so like, Mm -hmm. whenever I get a new book, I'm always like inspecting the pages and the binding and the smells. So psychopath. So do you like thicker pages or do you like thinner pages? I like thicker pages Mm because I'm really afraid of ruining the pages. Okay. So if you're a thick page girly, then you need to purchase your books from indie authors through Amazon. Correct. If you are okay. a thin page girly, you need to purchase them through Barnes and Noble, Books of Media and Waterstones, whatever you like, because oh. Ingram Sparks mm-hmm. and Barnes and Noble Press, which is what mm-hmm. most indie authors use, the paper is thinner. It's true. It's very yeah. true. Now, I will not, I will not not buy a book because it has yeah, thin yeah. pages, but I do prefer a thicker page because mm-hmm. I am paranoid about them ripping. Yeah. Um, I'm also paranoid. Of, I hate creases and folds in my pages. I will mm-hmm. never dog ear a page to in never, never, never. Wait, never. okay. Well, now, wait, okay. Do you use bookmarks? What do you use? How do you? I use bookmarks. I use bookmarks. Um, I am a big bookmarks user and I've got a collection of bookmarks. I do like- too. I have yeah. like a, um, a basket over on one of my yeah. bookshelves that's just all of my bookmarks from, oh God. Everywhere. Since I was little, like I think I have like every single bookmark I've ever owned. Um, the funnest thing about becoming an indie author is that you can order bookmarks as many yeah. as you like and stickers. Yes. I am so chaotic. Um, I memorize the page. <laughs> so I used to do that, but with chapters where I would like try to remember the chapter but I messed myself up so many times that I was like I just I gotta use yeah so I'll just look at the like this is page 78 so if I was gonna stop and I will stop mid-chapter too I won't it, I don't have to nope. finish a chapter I'm so it. chaotic and I'll be like 78 and then I close it <laughs> and then you remember that's yeah. the, that's the wildest part then you yeah, remember I remember and I'll be like oh I was on page mm-hmm. 78 and like that my is husband- some great memory <laughs> it's written and I'm enjoying it I'll remember it if it's a textbook fuck that shit (laughs) like my husband even has gotten into it like I left my book open the other day and I forgot to like close it because I was done reading for the day yeah and um I came home and my book was closed and I was like you closed my book he's like well I didn't want to ruin I knew you wouldn't want the spine ruined Mm -hmm. and I was like but I didn't look at my page number before I left and he's like don't worry and he like spewed out the page number to me and I was like repeat it one more time and I was like I was like okay cool He he knows my chaotic energy. (laughs) So so now comes my follow-up question to that. Are you guys annotators? Oh no. So I have annotated books before. Um I really want to we both really want to get into tabbing, but I haven't like made that jump into annotating singles. So I have Harry Potter is my book series. Like that's always been my book series. It just as I have a bookcase full of all of my different versions of Harry Potter that I own. So I have um, a handful of Harry Potter books that I got used at bookstores that are like kind of beat up that yeah. I have annotated. Okay. Um, but I've only annotated them because I bought them specifically to be- For annotation annotated. purposes. Yes. Okay, I so would do that. So yeah. look look at my look how my <gasps> books are. I love. Oh. So I'll show you Mansfield Park, Jane Austen. Mm. I hate this book. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's one of her worst. It is her worst. But look at how <gasps> my pages end up. Okay. Okay. So yeah. this is how I end up, and there is a particularly favorite 
page of mine that says this motherfucker in the bottom. <laughs> Great. I love that. So I love much. that. So I could do what you just said, Megan. I, if I went out and bought a book with the intention of annotating it, that would be fine. I could not do that to one of like, I couldn't just like pull this book off my bookshelf and start annotating it because yeah. I would get upset with myself that my penmanship wasn't perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can also use tabs if you don't want mm-hmm. to actually yes. write, like I write yeah. all over my books, mm. but you can also use tabs as, as a way of, as a way of adding. And um, yeah. because I'm apparently really type A, Natalie, you would really <laughs> love that. Each <gasps> yes. highlighter color means something yes. different. I love that. I would do that you too. Can yeah. match the I would tabs. do that too. Mm-hmm. You can match the tabs to the highlight yep. color. Yeah, oh, this has a map. So, Look at that. Just saying. Yeah, we both Again, have thought about getting into. <laughs> we Wait. both have thought about getting into tabbing. Um, I just haven't done that yeah. yet because it just oh, it hasn't happened. It feels like a craft um, project. Yes. Yeah. Well, now yeah. that you brought up Jane Austen again, I need to know what is your favorite Jane Austen novel? Emma. Really? Okay. Ooh, Emma. So Jane Austen is literally one of my favorite novelists of all time. Um, my husband and I both quoted her in our vows. Like I have jewelry with uh, her like script in it. Like it's like what, like literally one of my favorites. Obviously my cats, hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's why I was like, wait, what is it? Okay, Emma. It is, that's it's, it's Emma. I do but like Emma. It's, I have a thing for unlikable heroines. <laughs> I get that. I do, I, I, like I do. Yeah. I, I, mm. I think that oftentimes um, heroines are um, written to be purposely someone that you can relate to. Mm. And I absolutely hate that. I like people- not that I can relate to, but people who I can understand their motives. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I Emma is the her most unlikable heroine. And I think she's um, funny. But she is very funny. But she's just, you know, she's spoiled and she's self-centered. Um, but she has amazing character growth, which is oh, why yeah. I love it so much. So also, um, what's his name? Oh my gosh. Knightley. Oh yes. Knightley. Knightley. And I also love Friends to Lovers. Oh, I think that's more than I love enemies to lovers. I like friends to lovers if it's done really well. I like it when like I can see them, the growth, like the start of their friendship or like close to the start and all the way through, like see them Mm -hmm. grow as friends. And then so like (laughs) Percy Jackson, best (laughs) friends to lovers ever. But yeah, I it's it has to be believable. So I'm going to, I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. Okay. okay. Hear right. me out. The best enemies to lovers must first be friends first before they can truly be lovers. Oh, oh yes. Yes. So yes. Technically, I agree. Yeah. A good enemies to lover has friends to lovers in it. Yes, that you is, are right. Yeah. You are correct. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. speaking yeah. of tropes and enemies to lovers, what are, if you want to share with all of our listeners who may have not read your book yet, what are some tropes in your book that to entice to what, like, unlike me who are psychotic and like trigger warnings, you know, what are some tropes that might entice people to read your first novel? Okay. So, um, I've got a debility for forced proximity. Um, it is, but, but I like to think of forced proximity in a grander scale. So, Arranged marriage and marriage on convenience is technically a forced proximity. Yes. And that yes. is included. Um, I did want to turn the tables a little bit on that trope by having her offer him the ultimatum of him marry her or she would destroy his kingdom. Ooh, um, I love that. 
Yes. Because usually it's the other way around. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, marry me or I will kill your family. And oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to have to marry this man. So no, I wanted it to do it the other mm. way around. I wanted him to be at the disadvantage and her have the power. So Ooh. that is um, arranged marriage is in here. Um, enemies to lovers, I mean, because he kills her husband. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you yeah. can't be yeah. more enemies than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair. Um, there's also, I think the, the female warrior thing is just prevalent throughout my book. There is, a, he gets hurt and she binds <gasps> his wounds. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why do we, and, and there's also at the same time, uh, she faints in his arms and will refuse to admit that she fainted. Uh, <laughs> yes, say less. <laughs> <laughs> so there's those types of scenes in it that's just like my oh. thing I also love the trap characters in small spaces so there is that too okay okay oh. you know yeah because I mean if they hate each other so much I'm like you know mm-hmm. fuck this I'm gonna trap them in a space and have force them to talk yeah you know and- I was contemplating on what books to bring to Africa with me and I think <laughs> this is one of them <laughs> So there's, there's, there's that type of scene. In in the second book, there is definitely uh, enemies to lovers, but there's also hidden identity. There's betrayal. There's dragons. Um, Cause I don't know if you guys know, but there's dragons in my books. Um, so there's yes. dragons and uh, there's also the cute um, teen, younger teen side character that steals every scene he's in because he's so <laughs> adorable and he feels like it. her little brother. Oh, and in terms of like romantic aspect, there is banter and warrior uh, couple <gasps> vibes. Uh, so um, yeah, there's that. Also, she's super amazing. sick in his arms and he has to heal her. So no, uh, yes. <laughs> ah! Are you okay? I am unwell. <laughs> I am unwell. Hold me in your arms. <laughs> I so there's there's that so, so I didn't understand what tropes were when I was writing it I was just writing fun things that I like mm. to read <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you what is my favorite trope that's not included in my mm. books okay and it is it's what I call hyper specific trope okay mm. it's a hyper specific okay. trope okay. my hyper specific trope of that I will read whatever is stuck in a deserted island <gasps> trying to figure things out Ooh. And I have a debility for that. If they're castaways, I'm going to read it. <laughs> if they're castaway, yes. And she needs I to, and it that. needs to be realistic. Like yeah. she needs yeah. to like lose a tooth. Um, there needs to be no shaving <laughs> implements. I yes. mean, it needs to be really raw it out. Also, um, post-apocalyptic farm life starting over humanity Ooh. romance. Ooh. Why I is would that like so- this. Yes, okay. it's, it's, I don't know, it's hyper-specific, right? But I love I like. it. I love it. Now, I think tropes originally originated from everybody who wrote fan fiction. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, we, had to, we had to put we the had tropes. To. You have to put it in the tags. You yeah, the categories. Reading. Yeah, so, we had to... We, we had to say, hey, this has this, and it includes yeah. this. And exactly. as a fan fiction reader, you needed to be able to know. You don't want to be surprised about something weird. You know, like- honestly, the trigger warnings pages that the authors have, yum, great. Yes. Love it. The trigger warning pages literally on fan fiction scare me. <laughs> yes. yes. Like, I'm more terrified of a fan fiction trigger warning than I am of an author trigger warning. Because they go wild. There's just yes. a bunch of editing done Same. in this Yeah. Episode. 
that shit is like the wild wild west (laughs) also normalizing since you all are writing series um normalizing this bit right here which i think is very important here we go previously on the queen's red guard (gasps) yeah i i love that You've so, got to add the previous. It's totally to a page or two. Mm-hmm. Hit the mm-hmm. important parts, but do it for your readers. I love okay. that. That's I don't interesting. Think I've ever read a book that does that? Frankie just does it. Frankie, Frankie, Frankie yeah. did okay. it. Yeah, I haven't yeah, read Frankie. her book yet. I have it behind here on my. It's good next to your <laughs> book. That's not there right now, but it is normally next to your book. Um, I just I got inspired, like you know, when in the in the early two thousands, when these shows would have a recap oh, yeah. in the the season, mm-hmm. and it would be like previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yes. there would be like an entire thing, and I was like, maybe I need to add that. My original one was six pages, and my editor was like, what are you doing? I have a paragraph that so it's the my I have like a prologue paragraph, and each uh, the last two sentences will change. Like it'll modify slowly. Mm-hmm. I also am psychotic and I've decided that the last sentence of my book will be the first sentence of my following book. You should do it that way because that means that they all tie together. But it's not like, it's not, it's not always picking up at the same point, but I'm going to make it oh, work. Oh, I like that. I okay. Like that. You're going to make it work. Yeah. You said. Yeah. There's going to, it's not going to be sequential, sequential, sequential. Nah, fuck that. Se- I can't say it. Sequential. Yeah. That sequential. one. <laughs> I'm like, don't are ask me really, for my opinion. Are, I can barely speak English. Are these real words? <laughs> so I, I teach a foreign language. I teach Latin. And I'm just like, I can't speak correctly either. So, I can you sign. Know, you want to do some sign language? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at that. Speaking that thing, I mean that. Yeah. yeah so I can I, gesture like. Yeah, I can, I can do sign language. Like I can do all that kind of stuff. Speaking is hard. <laughs> it is hard. It is. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know if I, do you have any more questions, Megan? I don't think I have any. I don't think so. We have gone this all is, around the world. We have. We have literally. <laughs> literally. Yes, literally. <laughs> literally. Um, I guess this interview any- was amazing. Thank yes. you. Yes. Is there it anything? so much fun. You want to like plug, tell us, tell our listeners. Where can we find you? Yeah, Where can your readers sure. find you? So I mostly update on um, Instagram and TikTok. Isabel Omo. You can find me there. Um, I have two books in my series out. Wait, I'm holding them backwards. There we go. Book, <laughs> one and book two. They are chunky books and they are high fantasy and they are feminist as fuck. Um, and yes. then um, the novellas. Um, big question is, when do I read the novellas? You can read them before book one, or you can read them after book one. They are meant to be read interchangeably. Okay. okay. Good information yes. to know. Yeah. Yes. So that is the series so far. There will be three more books coming. The third book comes out next year, and it will be <gasps> Sapphic AF. Yay! I'm so yes. excited. We're very excited. <laughs> this has honestly been so much fun. Such it has been. I'm so glad we can have you on the yes. show. Yes, thank maybe, you. Maybe the um, series finale book you can come back for. Ooh. Yeah, I think I love that. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have a lot more gray hair by then. <laughs> <laughs> maybe but tiktok and reels won't be a thing anymore yeah, so we won't have to do videos exactly <laughs> we'll be on to the next social media yes yeah oh my gosh thank you so much for being here today with us thank you for choosing me i appreciate it <laughs> well guys we'll see you next time on our next episode of they know how to write bye bye, bye. Woo! Yay! <laughs> i don't have to do anything right